Welcome back, everybody, to the Stark Wars podcast. Today we will be discussing episode eight of WandaVision in full spoiler detail. So if you haven't seen the episode, go watch it and come back and listen to us. I'm here with Tommy today. Tommy, how's it going? It's going well. I am uh, I'm here just uh, sitting, going through all my past memories. Uh, I'm walking through doors and bam, there is that time I ate a sandwich and then I was sitting in the cafeteria and someone threw a sandwich at me and then everyone laughed and then I was embarrassed and all that trauma is coming back. Oh no. Uh, this, to be fair, this was a big episode for doors though. So, um, opening doors, lots of different cool doors. So do you think they, that someone made those doors? Other than like, like, what, the obvious is Wanda made the doors. Right. But. Well, I guess I, my first thought was, do they have like an entire department on set designing these doors? Because I, I mean, in all, in all honesty, we did get some cool doors. This sounds like a joke coming up, but uh, and I'm going to jump right into it. Usually we talk about the highlights here, but no, we're talking about doors. Um, my favorite door was the first door we saw, which actually matched one of the books. There was a symbol on the door that looked like a key. And there was also a book that had that same key symbol on it. And I just thought that was a nice little touch. So good job on the doors, guys. We like door number one. Uh, yeah, I like that door. There is, I can't remember exactly what door it was, but there was a couple other doors that I was like, uh, keep my eyes on and was like, yeah, those are some nice looking doors. I wouldn't mind those being in my home. I'm sure uh, we'll, we'll come back to the doors, everybody. Don't worry. I know that's why you're here. Um, but Tommy, well, what's your reaction to this episode? What, right off the cuff here, what do you got for me? Yeah, I mean, let me get into it. I enjoyed this episode. And maybe I, I, I might be a WandaVision apologist because I, I've heard that some people didn't love it. You know, it's again, I feel like the last couple episodes have we, as the geniuses behind this podcast, have called a lot of these things slash like, you know, we've part of the fun was, was doing the investigation work. We put our Sherlock Holmes hats on and we did all of this detective work. And now that work is paying off because we we've been right about a lot of these things. But I think because of that, as a whole community, not just this community of the podcast, but as a Marvel universe community, I feel like people are like, eh, we already knew this, been there, done that. But there's, but overall for me, it was cool to see that validate to see like for sure like no like this is happening like this is this is real agnes was you know agatha all along she was a witch in the salem trial so so overall i enjoyed it i was moved by elizabeth uh elizabeth's performance i thought she did such a good job uh, had me nearly in tears i felt them quivering on the top of my eyelids now look, I, I'm not gonna come on here and say I'm above above the uh, the casual tier every once in a while. There was there were some of there were some Avengers movies that got me going for sure, got the waterworks moving. But I gotta say, and maybe this is maybe this is my downfall here, because when I'm watching the show, I'm trying to be so diligent with my notes and I, and I'm so tuned in, like and I'm looking at two screens at once. I'm watching the show and I'm taking notes to prepare for the podcast. And I think that might have hurt me a little bit this week because Either, either, either it's the notes or I am, uh, I'm a synthesoid because I, I, it didn't really like. Obviously, these were really emotional scenes and everything, but for whatever reason, it just didn't quite slap me the way it should have. And, and maybe, maybe it's because we kind of know where a lot of this is going, and she does kind of. It's not. 
over yet, but we know that she's kind of getting her happy ending and her happy life with vision. And, and maybe that has part of it. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I, and, and I'm a, I'm a little bit, we're going to play good cop, bad cop this episode. Uh, I, I've got a couple gripes. Uh, you seem to like it a little bit more than me. And, and again, I, I realize a lot of this stuff was just kind of moving, moving us a little bit closer to that finale, kind of putting a nail in some of the things we already predicted a little bit, which is totally necessary. This is stuff we absolutely have to have in the show. Um, but I, I've got a couple things, and we'll get to them. We'll get to them. Yeah, and I, and I understand that. I think for me, too, it's like we've heard – I don't actually, I don't even know if we've heard much about Wanda's backstory. We know it because of the comics, and we know it through what people have said. But for me, this is like – I would have been upset if they didn't give Wanda her due. And this TV show is Wanda's. And – they're really putting in that extra work to get every detail they possibly can about Wanda known. Um, yes, is it exciting TV? Maybe, maybe not. But it is important because I think it adds to her, her character. And I think they've spent, what, a good two, three episodes being like, villain Wanda, you're going to get villain Wanda. I think this is the time where we're trying to see, all right, maybe pull that back a little bit. Let's show more of human Wanda again. Or which Wanda? Ooh, which Wanda? And I'll say this. Uh, obviously, I've been team evil Wanda. And it, and to be fair, I, I probably was a bit more 50-50. And I could have seen it gone either way. And I would have been happy either way. Um, but at this point right now, I'm starting to wish. And, I, and I'll get into the details a little bit later. But I'm starting to wish that we had a straight up evil Wanda a little bit more. And I, and I've got some solid details and I think it's going to make a little bit more sense as we break down the episode. Um, so if you're ready, uh, we'll just dive right into it. Yeah. I'm more ready than Wanda was ready to watch Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Great. Well, listen, I'll try not to get sidetracked here. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to our, our, our final choices on our sitcoms here. What, what would we pick out of the box? Um, but yeah, now we, we start out here. We we are in Salem, Massachusetts, uh, 1693. And I, I think we all know what this means. This is the Salem witch trials, right? Um, and we, we get we get uh, Agatha here. She's she's being dragged off by her little coven. And uh, yeah, what'd you make of this scene? Yeah, I w- went into the scene. I was like, all right, Salem witch trial. And, and right before this, we get the Marvel logo turning purple, which... Is is Marvel now being run by Agatha? I have is she taking over? Is she now mind controlling all of Marvel? Because we saw that logo, it's now purple. Just saying, but yeah, I I like this scene. You see uh, Agnes getting pulled up. Obviously, I'm I'm thinking witch trials, right? And it is, but it isn't. It's a secret witch trial. Yes, and uh, th- this I, I did like this. This was uh, this was interesting in that we kind of learn, and I'm not I'm not exactly sure the logistics of a lot of the magic that happened in this scene, but I, I think it does explain a little bit more about Agatha's upbringing and the fact that her mother was there. Her mother was one of the witches tying her to a post and sentencing her to death. So, and I, I think, I mean. Come on, that I, there's nothing better than your mother trying to kill you to bring you into becoming a villain, right? Has it has that happened to you? 
That's, you're almost talking like you have experience. I, I mean, not yet. Um, I, I think that would do it, though. I think if my mother were to do that to me, I think, yeah, I, I, I would snap at that point. Yeah, so we see uh, Agnes, Agatha, get brought to the the stake, I guess. I don't know. It's a giant pole, and they, they tie her up with magic. And all the witches around, and, and her mom, I'm assuming the leader, uh, is like, hey, like, listen, Agatha. You have you went against the uh, the 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 coven. It seems like you're you're going for power. And what I thought was interesting here is Agatha, and, and it's hard to tell what's really Agatha and what's her acting because man, she's just her from birth. It seems like she was just really good at, at pretend and, and being what she needs to be. But she says like she can't control it, and I wonder if that's part of it. Like we watched this, and I, I didn't sense that she was really evil with this whole thing, and and. We'll get into what she does in, in just a couple of seconds, but to me, it wasn't like her. We didn't even see like a small smirker. It wasn't. It didn't seem like she chose to do that to her coven. Right. This definitely feels like the most genuine Agatha we've gotten thus far. This is her. This is this is raw emotion that she has. She's she's explaining that. Uh, yeah, she doesn't really have a lot of control. It's almost, she's kind of bragging a little bit. Like, like, look, guys, it's not my fault that I'm much stronger than all of you, okay? Like, I can't control it, all right? Yeah, and they, they're like, hey, we get it. But also, bam, they hit her with magic. Uh, her mom basically sentenced her, and magic starts getting forced on her. It's blue magic. And then we see that blue magic start to turn purple, and... You know, we clearly know that that's Ag- Agatha's uh, color. It's also like purple is known in the comics as like the villainous color, which I think is a fun, fun nod towards that. But we see all of the people that were casting the spells, their life force being sucked out of them. Um, it, I will say, good move by Agatha's mom not joining. Well, not joining in at first, but then she does join it. It's like she let everyone else do it, and she's like, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to just sit back. And then she cast her own spell. But I'm like, listen, you're seeing the life forces being drained out of these people. Like, I saw no reaction from her. She didn't seem to care that these people were, like, sacrificing their lives and it didn't seem to be working. I had a lot of questions. Yeah, and again, this is just, I think, the perfect villain upbringing here. Um, it was – this is – this was one of the creepier scenes of the whole season when we we see like these raisin people on the ground after they've just had their life and magic sucked from them. Is that what it, did she absorb their powers? Yeah, that's that's how I took it. That she absorbed, she somehow whatever she's been doing that broke the rules. She's learned to absorb their powers almost like a like in. Super Smash Brothers. I don't know if anyone's played that. When when there's, I think it's Falco or Fox. You can like do a down B move, and you can like absorb the the shots that's coming towards you. Or I guess you can reflect. But I feel like there's someone. Either way, <laughs> on my small tangent, that's what that's what Agatha was doing. And and she looks at her mom, and her mom says like she's like I can be good. And her mom's like, no, you can't. And she shoots her with some magic, and then her mom. Falls to the same fate. Everyone's dead except for Agatha. Yep, and she steals the brooch. Yep, the brooch. Is that the first thing you go for? Like once you find out everyone's dead, you kind of you can kind of loot whatever you want. You take the brooch. I mean, I take whatever was on them. I I don't know if they really. <laughs> <laughs> I take everything, but uh, 
I don't know what else you could have took. I guess their clothing, but like you could get clothing anyway. They were there. None of their clothes look that special that yeah. I think probably the biggest thing was probably that brooch. No, no Louis Vuitton robes out there. No, maybe you take someone's like, no, I, I can't. Even, maybe they had some nice earrings, but I don't even know if they had earrings back then. Okay. Um, I don't know how the, the 60, 19, when, when was it? 1693 uh, yeah yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know how the 1600s worked yeah <laughs> all right so we, we go back here this is this is where we are gonna we're gonna pick up right where the last episode left off here with wanda and agatha talking in her little dungeon um we get senor scratchy he's gotta be something she's literally talking to him they're, 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 she's not um, she might be crazy but like she's talking to the rabbit the rabbit is going to be revealed as something i'm stating it now you can put me on a stake and you can shoot your magic powers at me if i'm wrong but the rabbit has to mean something i mean i hate to all of a sudden bandwagon on your theory train here but i'm with you now i i didn't totally see it before but this episode was very revealing this is a wicked bunny and it's up to no good. So, yeah, you don't talk. Agatha's not an idiot, you know. She's not. She's not just talking to animals. I mean, maybe she can communicate with them, and they can't communicate back, type deal. But no, I think this. But I think this bunny is uh, probably a person. I mean, yeah. we we see her transform an insect into a bird, so it's very possible that she's able to transform a human into a bunny. Yep, and we we get Agatha. She's talking to wanda we see wanda try to read agatha and agatha just calls her out she's like why are you even trying with me you, you none of your powers work on me get out of here little girl essentially yeah we, we get a we get a little explanation about the ruins uh that are stopping her powers which just kind of felt like i was this this is like the first thing i was like yeah i mean uh, that seems very convenient, right? <laughs> like you just Which, have these ruins that stop her specific powers. Well, it stops all. It, it stops everyone who's not the caster, right? It's like a it's like a magic protector. But I understand it. Would you rather have it not explained, or would you rather have? I, I guess I'm someone that I would rather have over explaining in something than like under explaining. Be honest, I probably I probably do fall a little bit in the underexplaining category, that, and that might that might be where we differ in this episode as a whole. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I need. I probably wouldn't have questioned it too much if Agatha just had overpowered her for a minute. That's fair, and, and, and yeah, we get all that. We get um, a, a comment about Wanda's accent coming back and forth, which I think is so funny that they keep like addressing it, but I think it's the right move is to, it's gotta mean something at this point though. Like you can't just keep making jokes about it and then not be brought up as like, why? Unless it is just as much as like, it just is, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, I definitely think the, I think the accent comes out when she's angry. Um, uh, especially in age of Ultron. That's when we hear her accent the most consistently, She's a, basically a villain for the majority of that movie, and she has that accent. And then we come back here. I think the I think the first time we hear the accent in this season is when she goes to meet Hayward outside the hex. That comes out. She's very mad. He's threatening her way of life. The accent comes out then. Now we have it here again with Agatha, and Agatha's threatening her kids, and she's pissed. And that accent's coming right back out. So, yep. And uh, we get some explanation of what 
Agnes is doing here. She she came here basically to figure out what's the real Wanda. How what kind of what we said last week. How are you doing this, Wanda? And uh, we hear about fake Pietro, Pietro. Um, still not explained really what he is. We we know it's not her brother from this world because he's got you know kind of like you said you actually called it of like you know Agnes says she's like necromancy wasn't gonna work because like. Your brother's on another continent, and also, like, he's got a bunch of, like, bullet holes inside of him that probably want to be good. Um, and uh, I'm still under the assumption she brought him from another world, and she never said it's not Pietro. I mean, she said fake Pietro, but I, I do believe it is a parallel universe Pietro that she is now puppeting. Interesting, yeah. And again, I, I say this every time Pietro comes up, but it's always 50-50. I, I, at the end of every episode, I'm like, it could still go either way with Pietro. Um, she does specifically say, like, this is not a creation of mine. You know, I, I, I he was my eyes and ears, but uh, I didn't come up. This is a person, you know, it's it's this isn't this isn't like uh, her little cicada. This is. This is a, a living, breathing human being that she's using. So Yeah, because I think that's the one difference. I, Agnes can't make things just appear. She can change things. She can manipulate things. But Agnes, Agatha cannot just do what Wanda is doing. And and we hear her kind of go through what the spells that she's seeing Wanda do. And, and I think this is the part that's very fascinating. And something we've talked about is like they're really – retconning for for a better use of the term they're they're retconning wanda a little of like we've always assumed it's mutant powers we've always assumed it's it's to a degree right we didn't obviously couldn't do mutants because of x-men but it was like she was manipulated by the mind stone but this whole episode they're really getting into that wanda was always a witch wanda always had these powers and the mind stone just magnified them and and this is her kind of explaining like in Agatha's eyes, Wanda knows she's like, it's kind of fun because it's like Wanda's so blind to all this. And Agatha's like, cool, so you're doing this spell. This is what you did here. And she's explaining it using a fly slash like bug that we saw in the last episode. I didn't bring it up last episode, but something that I saw online and something that I kind of knew when looking up Malfisto and going down my Malfisto rabbit hole. And let me just pull that back up is his first appearance was as a fly. So I just want to say there's a bug. Now, she did do some bad stuff to the bug in this episode, but I'm just maybe, you know, just saying. Yeah, I, I and I did. I saw I saw some of those theories last week as well uh, that, that Malfisto could very well be the cicada that shows up. But uh, I, I really thought the fact that she fed the, the bug to Senor Scratchy uh that almost felt like uh that almost felt like they were teasing us and then throwing it in our face a little bit do you do you get that vibe yeah and was the bug like was it a bug but i got a little nervous was the bug a bird at the time that she fed it to senior scratchy because i couldn't tell if there was a switch back but it was really scary like the rabbits just eating senior scratchy is just eating this bird bu- bug like so i did I, the first time i watched i watched it twice today and the first time I'm like, holy crap, Senior Scratchy just ate a bird. A bunny ate a bird, which is terrifying. But then the second time I did notice uh, she throws the bird and, and while the bird is in the air, it transitions back to the bug. Okay. And, and it's the bug that gets eaten. But what it's if- very quick. And uh, if you didn't, if you, it's a blink and you miss right there. What if this is the bunny from uh, 
uh, Monty Python in the Holy Grail, you know, like the evil bunny. <laughs> oh, the multiverse is wide open. <laughs> That's where we're going. So many places. And, and we hear about how Agatha is impressed with Wanda's powers. And she's like, hey, like, let's go down memory lane a little bit. Like, you got it because I have your children. So either you do this for me or like you're not getting the children either way. So they go down a nice happy. It's going to be happy, of course. Right. Like, it's got to be. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, there's there's no trauma behind these doors, right? No, can't be. But uh, they go to a happy memory of of Wanda's mom and dad, and and this is probably we talked a little bit beforehand. I thought for sure we were going to be right about the commercial thing. I thought that the people from the commercial were going to be her parents. It doesn't look like that's the case. So now I have a question: Who these commercial people are? Are they just poor? Westview citizens that like they're only there just for the commercials and then they're frozen every other time. Like who are these people? Yeah. The poor man and woman in these commercials. Uh, we, we don't know who they are. They're, they're not related to Wanda in any way it seems. So I uh, hope they get out. hope they get out. hope they are safe with the beekeeper and everything turns out. All right. Should we name them? I'm going to name the guy Reggie and the girl's name is Barbara. Barbara. Uh, I'll buy it. I like him. Barbara and Reg. Reggie. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, we, we go into this is this is a, so we have explored. I think the most that we get from Wanda's backstory is the, the explanation that um, her parents were killed by a bomb and uh, it was it was a Stark Industries missile that did the deed. Uh, that, and that's pretty much all I remember knowing about this scene going on here, but we get a little bit more here. Um, first and foremost, before we get to the bomb, we, we, the, uh, her father, Oleg comes home. I try to pay attention to the name just in case there's a comic book connection, uh, because Wanda's father is, uh, somebody special. Um, but it's Oleg. He comes home and he's got a briefcase full of, uh, sitcoms, right? We, we see Bewitched. We see, I love Lucy. We even see Malcolm in the middle in there. Um, which I wasn't, I was trying to do some of the time there. I don't know if Malcolm in the middle should have been in that briefcase. It does not match up. That is, I, I, I was so mad about that. I'm like, why is Malcolm? Cause it's like, I think the bomb went off in 1999, maybe, but like Malcolm wasn't around to, no, that was a mistake. And I am calling you as nice as I am being to WandaVision. Give Malcolm, we didn't need it. We got the reference that these were shows that she was referencing in the, in the sitcom. But yeah, I did like the nod that it's like, that's the sitcom. That's why she's going to sitcoms. That's her happy place. Right. And uh, so she gets to watch some sitcoms here and they're picking out a sitcom, but Wanda has a special request and we see a secret stash that uh, Oleg has behind a rug hanging on the wall. He opens it up and there is hidden the box set of the Dick Van Dyke show. That's her, that's her show of choice. What do you think of that? I thought it was a good. I mean, again, that's that's the first one I believe we get into. Of course, she's going to choose Dick Van Dyke. He's you know he's the classic all American dad, right? She loves all American people with Tommy, uh, uh, Dick Van Dyke, uh, and it, it was an episode about walnuts. Who doesn't love? I mean, I guess if you're allergic to nuts, you might have been triggered by this episode. But uh, great episode, I think. Yeah, that that was, uh, and we did. We get a nice scene of the twins on the floor watching, and the parents cuddle up on the couch, and 
you really get the picture that like this was her perfect situation. She's with her family. Um, obviously, things aren't perfect outside, but she's in a safe place. She's watching her favorite show, and she's with her favorite people. Yep. And that makes all of this next moment even more traumatic. Yeah, and this is how they learn English. Like, we learn this is how, you know, in all China, it's just like they're speaking English. We're all like, well, they, they, they watch TV. That's how they learned. And and we also get, uh, Agatha like calling out Pietro for being so loud. And honestly, I'm kind of on Agatha's side on this. Pietro was pretty loud. Yeah, that was, uh, there weren't many funny moments this episode, but that, that was one that really cracked me there when she's like, he's a little loud, isn't he? And I was like, yeah, that, that seemed like something she would actually say in the moment. So that was, that was funny. Um, but yeah, this is, and then, it's almost in a flash. Um, their their little apartment building is is bombed, and um, they're, they're hiding under the bed. They see these Stark Industries missile laying in the ground. Um, th- this this was a little because th- this is a very traumatic event, right? She doesn't. I don't think it, it really clicks to them that their parents are possibly dead. Um, but they have to hide under this bed because they see this missile in front of them and they don't want to disturb it. I don't know if they think it's like a proximity missile. If they, if they go near it, it's going to explode. But we find out that she stayed under that bed for two days, which, I mean, that just sounds horrible. <laughs> you know, like imagine, imagine crawled up under a bed for two days, no food, no water, and you're thinking you're going to die. So that that's, that's traumatic. At least they kind of had TV. The TV was still kind of working. That's true. Yeah, the Dick Van Dyke show was sitting there uh, playing. I actually, for them. I was actually really um, surprised by this scene because of the relevant, because of the news that this possibly could have been her. You know, we always heard, "Oh, the bomb just didn't go off. The bomb was a, a defective bomb." And then Agatha says, "Oh, yeah, you you use a spell on it." I don't know if that was confirmed or if it was just like Agatha, but that's, that's something where I was like, Oh, that's really clever. Cause I didn't think about that. I, I just was like, cool. Yeah. It's a disaffected, like it's a, it's a bad bomb. I, I, that's cool. Right. And this is the first real step that we get to. Uh, and honestly, this is a through and through. This is a retconning of the MCU. I mean, originally we were under the belief that she was a test subject of Hydra um, they basically bred her to work against uh, or with Hydra. So that, that that's what we thought she came from. But it sounds like uh, from this scene, obviously, she puts her hand out as if she's going to do something to the missile. Um, Agatha kind of interrupts that because we, we don't want to get quite to the uh, confirmation that she has these powers yet. But, yeah, she she was always she was born this way. So yep. it was Wanda all along. With her powers. But yeah, we get all that. And, and Agatha's like, there's more here. Like, she's almost like the therapist for Wanda at this point. She's like, there's more. And then we see a Hydra door open. And, and Wanda's like, I don't want to go there. And Agatha's like, listen, you've already experienced it once. Do you think that, like, if you had something bad, like, I think it would hurt every time I watched it. I, it it's not a good argument to, like, oh, yeah, like, you already experienced this once. So it's like, it's cool now. Like, it's fine. Yeah, no, that that uh, uh, I wonder how Agatha would have felt if we brought her back to the Salem witch trials and now eh, she probably she's evil. She probably wouldn't bother her too much. Oh, she probably would have loved it. She would have <laughs> she would have reveled in her power watching it all over again. So they walk through this Hydra door and we see 
that they are doing the experiments. Uh, Agatha is like, why are you doing this? And, and Wanda explains, we wanted to change the world. And that was their goal. And, and Wanda did change the world at some point. You know, she, <laughs> she did change it to her world. Uh, we see Loki's scepter. We see Wanda being told to go near it and to touch it. And we hear uh, Strucker and the doctor talking. And the Strucker's like, no one survives this. Like, and then the doctor like conveniently takes her button off the thing. So Wanda doesn't hear this. And uh, what did you think about this? Would you touch the, the stone? Well, I, and again, I think from her position, she very much, I think it makes sense for Wanda. And the fact that her life was so much affected by, uh, by war, frankly, and she she is she is looking for a change in the world. You know, she, from her perspective, we I mean, we saw like before the bomb went off, just what the streets of her town looked like. I mean, it looked like chaos. Um, so it makes sense that maybe by drastic measures, she's okay with joining this this industry as long as things are peaceful, even if it's 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 ruled by chaos and an evil entity. I don't think she minds too much as long as it's uh, it's unified in that way, if that makes sense. Wanda loves chaos. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, explain that. Explain this scene to me a little bit here. Cause I, I think I was a little confused about how all this went down and why it went down. Um, I, I guess, I guess, the biggest thing was we weren't able to see what would happen to the other test subs. So they just came in, touched the scepter and died. I think so. They so just and, couldn't but, hand, handle yeah, it. I guess so. They're just too weak. To me, this is like awakening their inner, their inner power. And, and Wanda, yeah, she walks over towards it, but it, the stone's got a mind of its own. And, and I have questions about this a little bit, but yeah, the stone pulls out of the scepter breaks out of its little shell thing and uh, then shows its its yellow glory of a stone. And Wanda is mesmerized by this. And we see what looks to be future Wanda. Wanda is seeing future future self. Future self is seeing past Wanda. They're, they're locking eyes at each other in a very like silhouette way. But I, I think we can assume that's future Wanda. It's got the, the headdress. It's got like... I don't know. I think it's going to be our future look. Yeah, no, that that was kind of my assumption as well. Um, and I'm very excited to let's get that. Let's get that little hat back. Her little, uh, her Scarlet Witch hat. I'm excited for that. Let's make that an official part of her outfit. I don't even like her little Scarlet Witch hat. <laughs> yep. Yeah, there's an inside joke for a few. <laughs> um, but yeah, we see and Wander survives and everyone's super happy. I'm assuming, I'm assuming they celebrated that night. Like maybe not Wanda. Wanda seems like she was locked in the cell, but I'm assuming Strucker, they had like a little celebration. Maybe some champagne came out. Um, and we see Wanda and they're put on her favorites or another sitcom. Do, do we think she asked for them to play sitcoms or like, is that just a thing that people just watch casual sitcoms all the time? I have to imagine they had like very basic cable there and she might've flipped through like the 20 channels they had. And that was probably the thing that appealed to her the most, but I don't know. I didn't see a controller anywhere. So who knows? Yeah. Did they, did they have a secret stash of Dick Van Dyke? Uh, I guess he wasn't watching Dick Van Dyke, but secret stash of sitcoms. That's the only thing I I can believe. And, And I believe this was, the Brady Bunch they were watching at this one. And and yeah, I maybe they're really big Brady Bunch fans. Maybe the guard was just like a huge uh Marsha fan. Yep. Yeah, that, that that makes sense. So 
Yeah, and uh, we see that the tape scene, kind of like what we see later on of, and I don't know if this is Wanda's doing, but we, you know, we've later on we see Wanda being able to erase tapes, change reality, and we see that these tapes are erased. It just shows her standing, and it sees her fall to the ground. So we see that there is a middle that the the that the evil Hydra is watching. So here's my question about Pietro here, because. Uh, presumably, he had to undergo these same ex- the same tests and experiments that Wanda did, but we also find out later that Wanda is particularly special. Is, does that make Pietro special as well? Does that mean he went through the same deal and and survived? And is that because my assumption is Wanda survived because she is the Scarlet Witch? She has special powers. She's a mutant in that way. Uh, but does that mean? how did Pietro get through all this I think pH it's in their blood like I think they're calling her powers witch powers but I mean I think it, it, it's a combination maybe because I, I do believe Pietro always had his speed maybe he was a really speedy runner but just not the the mindstone of rewoke that power in him it might be just that it's in their blood you know we maybe they have a secret father that's not a VHS tape seller so um that's what i gotta believe is they both went through it they were both tampered with by the mindstone and uh that is what awoke those powers in them cool i love it so we go to another scene here and this well we go to the avengers compound right and um we get through the door and uh we get a very nice moment between wanda and vision here um, what do you think about the Avengers compound flashback? Yeah, I mean, once again, Vision doesn't know how doors work. And we see Vision just coming through the wall. I thought it was a really nice scene. I think that was a really good moment. I think it shows just the power that we, in in the movies, we don't see Vision and Wanda connecting. We see a little bit, right? Like, we see the connection there, but we don't really see how important they were to each other. We just see... The beginnings of it and then we see the end where they're together and then and then unfortunately he dies and so it was kind of good to see that little bit of middle part where like she used him to cope with with pietro's death and and he was such a good for being a robot he he understood emotions pretty well and like gave her the right advice at that time Right, and I believe uh, this would probably be around the time in Civil War, uh, Vision was tasked with uh, babysitting Wanda, making sure that she didn't get involved in the Civil War, and she stayed back at the Avengers compound. And So we did get a little bit of that stuff, but this kind of seems like this might have happened right around the same time. Um, and th- th- this was interesting to me. I, I think this scene was very precious. I, I-, I totally bought into uh Vision has some incredible lines here. Um, I believe my favorite line was, "What if? Wh- what is grief if not love persevering?" Which I thought that was really beautiful. I think that explains a lot about what the show, what's going on in the show. But but aside from that line, Vision's very goofy here. Uh, he he explains that uh, he doesn't know what it's like to be left alone because he's always alone. That's he's that's his life, you know. So, and he's also, he's, he's not really understanding what's going on within the sitcom. He doesn't get that 
uh, uh, Brian Cranston having the porch crash down on top of him. He doesn't get that that's a joke. Uh, it, it's almost it's hard to believe that Wanda fell in love with this guy. Maybe he was, it was just charming in that way that he didn't really know what was going on. But uh, yeah, I was kind of like, really, like he's kind of a goof here. <laughs> yeah, but some some women like goofs. Michael, so, you know, like Abby, um, I am married after all. So <laughs> that explains it. Listen, I like to think of love like a porridge. You just, you just don't know which one's for you until you eat it. And you're like, well, this is the right porridge for me. You don't know until you know. I don't know how we get the porridge there, but uh, <laughs> I'll take it. It's just, it is just like porridge, of the, go- the Goldilocks. It's the, this is one is just right. Okay, you're right. Yep, there we go. I like it. <laughs> we need we need the memory wall into my brain so you could understand my my thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll do that'll do it. Um but yeah, anything else from the scene that you liked? Yeah, I thought Wanda had some really good lines of like just like there this show's handling of grief. I really enjoy and like for me and I wanna like talk about this for a second of like you know, this episode is all cinematic movie-ish, right? And the whole idea of, like, well, we had the sitcoms. To me, the sitcoms were were a mirage. The sitcoms aren't the show. I think Marvel shows going forward are going to be that movie feel. It's going to be what these next two episodes are going to feel like. The sitcoms was a coping mechanism. And I think it was a, it was a way for – it was a story mechanism. It wasn't necessarily the story, if that makes sense. No, that totally does. And it is. It's the perfect idealistic life for her. Um, uh, we've seen that she ha- she's experienced so much trauma and just uh, from losing the parents. And yeah, so it, that totally tracks for me. So um, so next, our next flashback we get is we get a little bit more insight on how Wanda interacts with Vision's body at the sword compound. So this this was interesting. Um uh, obviously, she kind of she kind of uh, demands her way in. She she throws the doors open with her magical witch powers. Yeah, that was such a like. He's like, let me just buzz you in. That was such a, a badass move of like Wanda being like, you know, she could have just waited for him to buzz in, but she's like, I have these powers. I'm just gonna bust this door down. And well, it it was a little silly on her part though, because it later is used against her when Hayward is showing videos of her from the compound. He's only showing certain scenes, and one of them is her barging through this door. She doesn't he doesn't show the rest where he says that she can, he can go in. It looks like she's breaking in. So this yeah. is the scene that definitely caught me the most off guard because I really did believe Hayward's story. I didn't question it for a second that it could have been fake. Like I didn't question it that I don't know. Like. I, I didn't question that there could be course vision walking around Westview. And I loved this almost like gotcha moment. That wasn't, it wasn't meant to be, but it really did feel that way. Yeah. So we see Wanda, you know, not, I wouldn't even say she broke in. Hayward wanted her to come in. Uh, and we see that vision is torn apart. Just like we saw before. Hayward's explaining that like, this is, a big weapon that just it can it's our job to destroy it like we cannot have this running amok or someone you know she he even says someone that possibly could bring bring him back yeah and and so obviously this is sad because we know the connection between wanda and vision and 
so from our perspective, yeah, like we totally want to root for Wanda here. She's totally right to want to go retrieve um, Vision. But also Hayward's a little right too from his perspective because he doesn't know, he doesn't have the context of all the love and everything else that happened with Vision. The way he sees it is, I mean, the way he's meant to see it. He works for Sword. He he deals with these massive weapons. You know, this is his job. And like he says, this is a three billion dollar piece of equipment to him. And so from his perspective, and and I do, I always like when when movies and TV shows can get us to sympathize with the villain a little bit. And it's not directly like, oh, this is so sad for Hayward. But it is, again, this is his job. I mean, he's he's not necessary. And from his perspective, he's not doing anything evil. I agree with you. If his if what he was telling us is what I believe his true perspective was, I think this is fake Hayward, Hayward right here. I think he's he's planning this manipulation, and he needed Wanda to be his scapegoat because his plan all along is to bring back Vision, right? His plan is to bring back Vision. He wanted Wanda to come in. I don't know if he would assume she would be all you know using her powers, but he wanted that evidence so that when you know at the end of the episode we see he does bring Vision back. When Vision is running amok through the town, he could be like, "Listen, it's not us." It's Wanda. Wanda's the one that brought Vision back. He was setting this up for her to be the scapegoat the entire time. But I agree with you. Like, yeah, as a government agency, like you, you can't just give this to someone, especially someone that you've seen in the past has been volatile with with what happened in this uh, the different uh, uh, you know the accords and all that stuff. But all she wanted to do was bury him. She didn't even want to bring him back. And I truly believe her there. She just wanted to bury vision. Right. And I, I, yeah, you do. You make good points. And I I do. I see it from both ways. Yeah. He totally wanted to weaponize uh, vision. Uh, But at the same time, I don't think that he wanted to become a supervillain and use vision for evil either. You know, Um, I think he wanted a weapon. I think evil evil in what degree he's not going to be like, twirling his evil mustache and taking over the world but i think he he wants it's just like the iron man suit they want weapons so that they it's a political game he wants to be able to stop in his eyes he's doing his job which is stopping threats and how can you stop a threat with the biggest weapon on the board which is vision so not necessarily evil but power is a scary thing and the more you want power the harder it is to keep your your good heart going your more you know your morals and your your good soul yeah yeah so uh now and we did he he lets her go down and see the body um there's no uh i guess she does break the glass he doesn't really tell her to break the glass but uh um it, it doesn't really seem like a forced attempt once she gets down i'm sure she would have fought to see vision in that moment but he lets he told he calls the guards off he lets her walk up to the body and uh she 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 touches vision's head and she says i can't feel you which is a very sad line yeah that, that, that's the saddest part about... yeah that is the saddest part i'll admit this is the saddest part of the episode for me yeah we need over here like how are you not getting sad about this stuff this is so sad she's like i can't feel you um Listen, did you need Sparky to show up? Is that the only thing that brings emotions out of you? <laughs> a little sad Sparky death. Yeah, that's fair. I did make a big, bigger deal over the dog dying. But we see Wanda in the scene, and it cuts to Wanda leaving, and she's got a nice red car. Uh, and 
we see the envelope. I believe this this envelope was brought up in Ultron, right? Or not Ultron, brought up in Infinity. It's like she when they're in that hotel right before every you know people start coming for his Infinity Stone. This was like his plan all along, which I think is so cool that they were like planning this so far in advance. Um, but we see this envelope, and we don't really know what's in it yet. But we see her start to drive. Yeah, and this is um, I do I do like what's in the envelope and what happens with there. But a, a lot of the stuff leading up to this, this is where some of my gripes start falling in. This felt a little bit Disney-fied for me. So she drives to Westview. We're not really sure why in the moment, but we're lo- as she drives through, Westview looks like a piece of crap. Um, it's, it's kind of run down. Everybody there looks sad. Um, we get we get Kitty Foreman. She's she's sad. She's drinking tea or something. She's very sad. We get Norm who is putting up flyers about piano lessons, which I guess is sad. But I well, what I got from the scene was they wanted us to to see this situation as. And maybe it, maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit here, but it almost felt like they wanted us to see Wanda as having improved Westview. Did you get that? I did and I didn't. I think it's just I think more or less it. I don't know. I'm I'm want to hold off before I say that, right? Like I want to see where it ends. If like Westview is going to stay nice, I I do feel like they just wanted to show it wasn't. I think they wanted to show the transition more so than like show. Oh, she made it better. I think she just wanted to show it was this way and she changed. I think they wanted to have that dramatic scene of like changing from like kind of worn down to super bright and shiny. You know. Right, and that that makes sense. It definitely could go there. You're right. We need to see where this goes. Um, but in the moment, for me, I was I was a little bit rolling my eyes in the fact I was just I was like, and and Wanda doesn't have to be evil. You know, she can be a human being with actual emotions that made a drastic decision, which all of us can relate to in some capacity. You know, it's not. I mean, obviously, this is an extreme example, but. Um, it's, it is in a way it's understandable why she did the things she did and maybe they were dark measures to get there and maybe we shouldn't soften that blow. You know, maybe we, we embrace the fact that, Hey, drastic thing has happened in drastic circumstances. So, um, yeah, she doesn't have to be evil, but she has, I think she has to be human in that way. And I hope they don't like every put everything in a bow at the end. Like, I hope there are some consequences for Wanda's actions in the sense of like, regardless if you see her like fixing up Westview, these people seem to be in pain and, and until proven otherwise, we believe Wanda's the person uh, intentionally or not. She is putting them in pain. And regardless of your intentions, if, if your intentions are just good and it, she's causing pain and that's not good. Yep. Yep. So, uh, we'll move on for that. I won't. I won't complain about that anymore for now. Yep. And and one thing I want to point out: we see in our car, we see her license plate, which uh, is a New York license plate. So we do get a nice little Excelsior, which was a fun little nod to Stan Lee. Um, you know, I, I think it's been known that Avengers is from New York, but still, it's nice to see the little Excelsior. Yes, love that. Lo- love whatever we can fit that in there. That's good. So. Um, but yeah, so she goes to this to this house. Um, the house isn't built yet, um, but but we she goes up. She opens the envelope, and it, there's a there's basically a building plan of of this this lot that she's standing on, with a little heart on it that says 
for us to grow old in v this didn't make you sad either i again this at this point i am fever i'm vigorously taking notes um so i feel like i probably didn't totally do this scene justice um michael i'm gonna buy us a house in new jersey and then i'm just gonna go missing i don't know where i'm just gonna go missing and if you're not sad when i send you my envelope and you go to new jersey and you see a little thing that says for our podcast to live forever and it's like a podcast house (laughs) and like that's that's where our future is and i i better get at least one tier that uh I, I will give you a tier if if we can make that happen i don't want you to go missing per se but look a podcast house sounds nice right about now so i didn't know. want to i didn't want to say anything too extreme like i didn't want to knock on wood like wish myself death or something so i was like he, i just go missing like it's fine yeah just uh you you went off yeah but we see this and i thought this was a really touching moment i i was like to me this like justify why they're in new jersey i mean i do want to step down why did vision pick new jersey what sentimental value does new jersey have to vision was it just cheap i mean i bet he doesn't have that much money i don't think that the avengers pays them they give them house and board but i don't think they're getting money so maybe he just didn't couldn't afford anything else first of all i have to imagine they get some money um uh, who knows though but well, where is that money coming from then? They do they get do they have commercials? Do they have advertising? Like where is the money coming from for Avengers? Does well, the government maybe pay them? Yeah, so we do see a end credit scene in one of the Marvel movies. I can't remember which one, but but Captain America does a little uh PSA video <laughs> and uh I don't remember what the video is about, but he kind of sits or, sits in a chair backwards and it's kind of funny in that way. So hey, they're doing on-screen appearances. So look, maybe there's a little bit of income and I'm sure there's like a uh there's got to be some sort of Avengers Foundation where people are donating to them. So who knows? But with that being said, yeah, I don't understand why we picked this place. And you have to imagine because there's no house there, right? It's just based it's the it's the structure of where the house would go. It's just the foundation. Um, so you have to imagine he was going to build this house from the ground up. Um, and maybe he wanted Wanda to use her powers to do it because we see that she can do that now. Maybe that was his plan. Maybe they didn't need money because she can just manifest a house. But no one knew. And this is one thing when Hayward's like uh, talking about Wanda bringing him back. No one knew this could be Wanda's power. This was never on anyone's radar. So maybe he was just planning on building it brick by brick. But then I have questions about that because, listen, all we know about Vision's experience is watching uh, Malcolm in the Middle when he built that that, uh, side, side of the house. That fell down. I don't trust. I don't trust Vision to build this house. Right. Yeah. And and again, going back to Civil War, one of the things that Vision's doing when he's babysitting Wanda is he's trying to cook for the very first time. He can't even cook, so I don't know how he's gonna build a house. Vision, um, what, what can you do? <laughs> I, I'm rooting for you, buddy. I just <laughs> poor Vision. Yeah. <laughs> now speaking of uh, people that can't do things, here's Wanda who can basically do anything. She. Uh, she this is where she she breaks down in this moment and she this is when she transforms westview we see from from the house that she builds from the ground up which i guess later technically she built a studio really right i mean because we even see like the cameras and the and the lot where the live studio audience would sit later on so i don't know if it's a house is it 
I think it changes. I think it evolves with her. Like, I think it's a house at some point. I think it's a studio. At other. It's whatever she wants it to be. This is Wanda's world. We're, we're just all living in it. Right. So, yeah, she, she changes Westview here. And this is this. Okay, this is my favorite. This is the highlight of the episode for me. I thought this was uh, this is like top five coolest things that I've ever seen in a Marvel show. When she 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 kind of throws her arms back and she she brings vision to life with her own powers. We And it's a beautiful visual of the red powers coming from her forming into the yellow vision. I thought this was just so cool. And and really did catch me. At this point, I still thought, oh, she's going to go back to... I still was naive. I was like, oh, she's going to go back to sword and still vision. No, like, she did not take sword, vision's body. Vision was not missing. She, um, she went and created her own vision. And that's why he has no memory. That's why he he's a baby. He's baby vision, baby dad vision. Which yeah. is kind of like she she did have the the intercourse. I'm, I'm not trying to get there, but I'm just saying, how old is Vision? Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, but and it's it's cool because this is going to be one of those things that we look back on if we ever. And I mean, I definitely will eventually rewatch this season. This is going to be one of the things that's really going to be cool to watch from that perspective because this is not vision. This is not any ounce of vision. This is Wanda's manifestation of vision. This is vision is her, right? I, I mean, you have to imagine everything she built him. Like there was nothing about the old vision that's part of the new vision, right? Vision is Wanda, and all of these scenes we can go back and watch everything in a completely different context. Everything going on between Wanda and Vision is really a dialogue amongst herself. Right. Anything that's going on with Vision's curiosity about Westview, that's 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 Wanda questioning herself. Right. Um, so you're going to look at this entire series with a completely different view based knowing that Vision is Wanda in this moment. That's how I took it, at least. Yeah, it's just and what's interesting about it all is like, but he has his own free will. He has his own thoughts. He yes, Vision came from Wanda. But he's now creating his own memories now. He's he's his own walking, talking person. But that can only exist in, in this bubble. <laughs> yeah. So uh, after this, and, and this is Agatha interrupts here, right? She's she's sitting in the studio audience. Yeah, we get Vision saying, welcome home, Wanda. And they have yeah. their nice, cute moment. And they kiss, and it's so sweet. And then we hear, yeah, just like a loud clap. We see the lights. It's a studio in Agatha is I think she enjoyed it or she's like condescendingly clapping. Maybe I, I don't know if she's really moved by it. I, I mean, she's definitely impressed with the powers that Wanda has. Right. And this is before we kind of get right to the end here. I do. I want to stop down and talk about, because we have Agatha. A lot of her motivation is figuring out how Wanda is capable of these things, which tells me she wants these powers why does she want these powers? I, I assume it's not just because she wants to be a stronger witch. I mean, and I mean, sure, that'd be great and all, but there has to be something else motivating that. And one of the things that kind of strikes my mind is, is she trying to bring somebody back to life? Because she sees that she sees that. I mean, that's what that's what Wanda does here. So is she trying to figure out how to do that for herself? Is she trying to bring her mom back? Well, I 
I don't think so because she mentions necromancy and she mentions that she can. That's fair. I don't know if it's that she wants to bring. She wants to be. I think she wants the power to be able to just make things out of thin air, like literally create. I mean, in a way, Wanda's Wanda's a a god. Like she can literally create things. She can take matter and make it into whatever she wants it to. That's crazy. That's mind-boggling. That's never been done in our world, let alone the MCU. We haven't seen anyone ever able to do that. And so I think it's more of, I think it is a, she wants to be the most powerful witch. And she, the fact that she knows there's someone that's more powerful than her, I think really makes, uh, makes uh, Agatha upset. Yeah, that, that's a great point. Uh, again, that's all she has ever known. She's always been the strongest. The her own co- her own coven turned on her because she was the strongest. So, yeah, she's she's probably not comfortable with being uh, inferior to another witch. And yeah, so and she call, she calls uh, at some point she mentions that Wanda's magic is magic on autopilot, which is true. I mean, Wanda's doing things without even really realizing it. She could be having a conversation with Vision three miles away someone's trying to enter the hex and things are changing she, she's doing that with subconsciously basically so. yeah she's agatha's almost annoyed with wanda of how easy it is for her she's like you literally are are in the middle of a town and then you can do something on the other edge and we see agatha disappear and we hear the children again they're they're crying out for wanda um and they're outside and they do not look comfortable yes I saw a funny meme on Twitter. It was a picture of uh, Agatha holding the kids up by these magical ropes. And uh, the tweet said, uh, how about the kids just try to walk backwards? <laughs> because they're not, they're not hanging there. They're just kind of standing there. And they're almost like on a leash and they're being choked. And yeah, if you take a step backwards, you're not going to get choked. So maybe it's too tight. Maybe it's like so wrapped around that they just can't. It's like a leash, maybe like a dog leash. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe it, maybe if they step back, it shortens because you know magic. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, I, don't I just know thought that was magic. funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how magic works. Um, but yeah, we see Agatha. She's now in full witch outfit. She's evil, period. And uh, yeah, we hear her talking at this point. She's she's done being nice. She's like, I know what you are. Wanda, which we heard earlier. Remember Dottie saying, I know who you are. I'm still, I feel like there was more with Dottie and we really didn't go there. Maybe that, maybe that was Agatha controlling Dottie. Maybe that was Agatha questioning uh, Wanda through Dottie. And Dottie is just, just a, a, a regular town person. I'm coming up with this on, on the top of my head right now is what if that was Dottie was under Wanda, uh, Agatha's control? That makes total sense. Uh, I don't know if we have time to explain that next episode, but I also don't think we have time to see Dottie at all next episode. We got so much to deal with. I don't think that Dottie's on the top of that list. So I, I, I have a feeling that's all we're going to learn about it. And yeah, that's probably, you're, I think you're spot on. They could have showed it during, the only thing I'll say, maybe they could have showed it during the Agatha all along, if that's the case. But um, yeah, we see her explaining and she's like, I know who you are. Um I, I thought it was a myth. It's known as a legend, a myth. You're, you're the chaos magic, which is what we talk about, that auto magic. You are chaos magic. You are the Scarlet Witch. Cut to credits. It's over. And uh, 
I thought it's cool. I like that this is how they're bringing up the Scarlet Witch. I wonder if it was intentional that they never called her the Scarlet Witch before. I don't know. This was a cool, like for me, this was fun. I don't know. It was fun to get everything we've talked about to finally feel like we're getting all the comic book lore of Wanda. They've, they've really never given us that with Wanda. We're finally getting it all because it's everyone thought it was too crazy. It would never be done. And now it is. Yeah, so and I, I I need some teaching time with Tommy here because um the I don't really understand I I get I get that she's Scarlet Witch but Agatha says it as if she's well aware of who the Scarlet Witch is like there's a prophecy probably that explains that there is a Scarlet Witch she's never met her but this is she's figured out you are the Scarlet Witch is that a thing like does she know about the Scarlet Witch? In the comics, I believe Wanda's mom was the Scarlet Witch at some point. I think it was more of like a super, it wasn't like this. I don't know much on the lore of like if it is this, like almost like they're treating it almost like the Phoenix, right? Like with X Men, the Phoenix is, is an entity that passes through people, right? And they're almost treating it like that. Like the Scarlet Witch can be anyone, it just passes through people. I'm not sure on that that stance, but in this version, in the MCU version, it kind of, I think that's what they're going for. It's more of the Scarlet Witch is almost like a title or this thing that we've always heard, this lore that there will be someone someday, like almost like a, a prophecy of, of sorts. And, and that's how I, I'm seeing it. That's how I feel about it. Okay. Yeah, we'll probably will learn more about that next episode. Um, but this, we, we get our credits here. And... It's over. It's over. All right, guys. Good podcast. Talk to y'all later. <laughs> no, we get a post credit scene, and I love this. Okay, this is another highlight of the episode because uh, look, I'm all about uh, I'm all about our our heroes turning into villains here, and that's what we're getting. We we get uh, Hayward launching cataract. I guess we can call it cataract, right? Um, and this it was a very <laughs> vision is is all white here. He looks like an absolute badass. He looks like a White Walker, actually. I would say that he is a zombie, so I think it's fair to compare him to a White Walker here. Um, what did you think about this? Yeah, what was Hayward's plan? Because it's he's like, oh, good thing we... Who knew we had to go to the source? And they just happened to get that drone with the magic on it. That wasn't Hayward's plan. That just happened. So, like, I'm like, man, were you just coming here to, like kidnap wanda like what what did they need from westview i guess that's my question because we always thought it was vision but it doesn't sound like they needed vision maybe they were planning on taking this vision and and taking and using that to push into this i don't know i don't know but yeah i thought it was really cool it's it's a big nod to the comics we've seen a, a white version of uh vision before and I thought it was really cool. I, I'm excited to see the vision on vision battle because clearly we're going to get that at some point. Um, I, I thought it was a really good teaser for what's to come. And to me, this the penultimate episode and the, the last couple is just setting up. Now, I'm nervous. I'm going to be let down. But I really feel this last episode has been like, all right, we have to get all these blocks in place. And this is just going to be an all-out war. This is we're everything you got scarlet witch versus uh agatha is gonna happen you got vision versus cataract now um we'll probably get some fun jimmy woo lines in there we got monica powers someone's gonna fight monica monica versus hayward maybe who knows <laughs> <laughs>
That would be cool. Yeah. So, so I'm excited. Yeah. And here's my prediction here. Uh, and, and this seems, it almost seems too easy. And maybe you could tell me if, if you think this will or won't happen, but I think we will get the vision on vision fight. Cause come on, you have to have that. That's just going to be so cool. But I think by the end, do you think the Wanda's manifestation of Vision and Westview will merge with Cataract and become real life Vision again? Is he coming back to life this way? Maybe. I I think so. I, some people said, "Is this the? Are they just giving um, Paul just one last ride to in the sunset?" I would. I, if they do, it was a good way to send him out. I think he's going to be in the universe, but. I also feel it would be interesting if this new cataract brings back Ultron. You know, what if this is the new Ultron? What if this thing is voiced by James Spader? Spade, and like this is like James Spade comes in. I, that would be cool too. I would love them to do Ultron right because I personally am not a huge fan of the Ultron movie. I think they did it so poorly. I think they rushed it just to get Marvel at a time was really into. Let's do arcs because that's what people want. They want us to do these comic book arcs. So let's do Civil War and let's do Ultron and just like force it for me felt forced into the story they were already telling. So I would like for them to take the time now and do Ultron correctly. And and I think that would be cool. I also think your point is probably a more <laughs> more common uh, thing that will probably happen of like, this is how we get vision. Yeah. So, uh, and and that's the thing. I mean, Vision, he still is kind of Ultron, right? I mean, that's that's how he became to be. It was, it was a little bit of Ultron. It was it was it was like the pot was Ultron, Vibranium, Mind Stone, um, um, Tony, Jarvis, Tony, like, and then you mix it all together, and that's Vision, right? So he has some Ultron in there. So I'd be down to for the second coming of Ultron here. That'd be cool. Yeah, I, I think it would be a really and and just I think to give Paul a chance to play a villain would be cool too. Um if they if they let him do it, you know. Um but I think overall I'm excited. I'm trying to level my excitement. You know, maybe I need to be brought down a level. Maybe I need to be put in my own Agatha leash and 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 my head can't get too big with all these ideas because I think there are the possibilities are endless. What's going to happen in this next episode. Yep. Super excited. And uh, we will be here and look, I actually, we're kind of getting to the end of the episode here and I, I want to foreshadow a little bit, right? Cause we're coming up on the end here of, of WandaVision. What's next for Stark Wars, right? I mean, WandaVision is going to be over. We're done, right? No, we got other things coming up and we got, so obviously we'll be coming up on, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which I'm super excited for. So next week, we're going to have our finale. We're going to talk about that. The week after that, I, th- I-, I think we're down to do a preview show, kind of like we did for WandaVision, um, for uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, because we have a week off before Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're jumping into that. And then maybe this is part of our news segment a little bit, but we, we did get some confirmation. We've got... Uh, We've got the next after the next thing that I, I think we would be covering after Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the Bad Batch, which means we we will finally be stepping foot into Star Wars coverage a little bit, and then uh, possibly I'm not quite sure if there's going to be overlap, but then we got Loki right after that. So um, yeah, I'm I'm super excited for the future of this podcast. 
Tommy, and uh, yeah, we got some we got some cool things ahead of us. Yeah, I'm excited. You know, we're we're in this journey now, and um, I I mean, we got to plan our podcasting house, so I guess we have to keep going. And uh, yeah, I think next week we got the finale. I think the week after we do the preview, like you said, maybe have a preview slash if if there's any final thoughts that the viewers have that they want to send, and we can mourn uh, the loss of one. We talk about all the good times we had along the way. Um, but we're going to start right back up and, and we've talked, you know, behind the scenes a little bit of what we see for Falcon and winter soldier, possibly some, now that we've got our bearings as a duo, maybe we add in that sassy best friend. We have some guest uh, appearances who knows the world is our oyster. Yep. We're only getting started here. Um, so yeah, if, uh, you got anything else to add about the episode? Uh, nope. I thought it was. And I would love to do a, a ranking of the episodes after we've watched them all. Or like, I think that would, maybe we could do that at some point of just like, as a whole, where do we see each one? It, it's hard because I think some of them benefit from each other, but maybe that could be a little fun. Okay. So, and actually before we close out here, I do got a couple questions from uh, a potential sassy best friend. Logan Bits here. We got some questions. And Logan asked, and I'm, I'm just going to fire these at you, all right, because you're way smarter than I am. Um, well, first of all, Logan asked about the um, about about Scarlet Witch, and is, is she, because, again, we talked about how Scarlet Witch is special. Does that make her the Nexus? Is that what this is? Because I don't know. I've, I still don't really have a full understanding of the Nexus. But is that the connection here? I don't think she is the Nexus. I think she is powerful. I think she is something. I would lean more towards like a Phoenix type. Um, to me, the Nexus is is because because I, I believe that uh, Agatha used the Nexus. Like, right? Like, she brought Piet Pietro didn't just show up. I do believe, he, like, she didn't create Pietro, but I believe she brought Pietro. I think she has access to the multiverse. And I think that's, there's an essence. I think whatever she has, she's able to create a portal. I, I don't believe she or Wanda is necessarily the Nexus. If she is great, cool. But I think it's more they're trying to explain how she's this powerful, powerful, magical creature. Gotcha. All right. So our next question here, and uh, Logan and I discussed this a little bit. We have we have our own uh, loose theories here, but. Uh, Logan kind of picked up on the fact that we had a little bit from each of the commercials that we've been getting throughout the season. Uh, it seemed like we got all of those addressed in some way. You know, we got Hydra, we got the, we got Stark in there. Maybe not. Ne I think the two that are kind of up in the air are Nexus and the the Yo Magic yogurt. Um, what do you think about that? Did I mean? Did you see any connection with the commercials in this episode? Yeah, I felt like maybe I saw a couple of things. The yogurt might have to do with the vision uh, uh, conversation that might have been the the uh, paper towels. I, I think they were just to show her trauma. I think for me, the commercials were there to some people. There were theories about Infinity Stones. I, I think it just shows it was showing us what we then was validated in this episode, which is Wanda has a lot of baggage. That's fair. All right. Well, then, in that case, I guess we can hop directly into some news and recommendations here. Hop like senior scratchy. 
Yep, just hop on over. Uh, try to eat some cicadas on the way <laughs> or birds if we're really hungry. I'm still convinced that Senior uh, Scratchy is a carnival and ate that bird. Yeah, I mean, that would have been way cooler, honestly. I, I was kind of <laughs> I was happy about that. So I'm going to hop into my recommendation here. Um, and this is one, uh, a little backstory. If you only listen to the podcast, you might not know this, but we do stream this show on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash sirzaps. Um, I'll put that in the show notes so you guys can follow that and check us out later on. But I also, I've been streaming another game on the same Twitch, Twitch channel, which is Resident Evil 7. This is an old, I mean, it's probably like a year and a half old at this point. Um, but I'm really loving this game. If you know anything about the Resident Evil franchise, it's it's a horror game, right? And I've I, I've I thought I might have outgrown horror games a little bit, but no, I've been scared to death playing this game. It, I'm scared to turn corners. Um, it's a lot of fun. So if you're interested in that, it might be because I dropped off the Resident Evil franchise for a little bit. I think the last one I played, I did play. Well, okay, so I I played four and I truly loved it, and then I played five and six and I didn't love them as much and i wasn't even gonna play seven because i thought the entire franchise had gone downhill but with that being said seven is just as great as the old the og game so if you want to hop back in it's a good time we've got trailers coming out for resident evil 8 that's coming out eventually so it's a good time to catch up uh that's my recommendation for this week if you're a gamer and you like horror resident evil 7 i've never played resident evil but i would be intrigued to start i'm i'm worried about games and this is like (laughs) i I, you know, I feel vulnerable with you guys. I can open up. I uh, get motion sickness very easily. Specifically, video games give me really bad motion sickness. So I'm a big Nintendo person because a lot of their games are like scrollers. They don't they don't cause me to get uh, sick. So uh, I, I will try it. Maybe a little like I'll take a little little breaks in between so I don't get too sick. But just for you, Michael, maybe I'll try to play Resident Evil. All right. So what do you got for us? I have edit and now it popped up. Oh, uh, it is a game. It's for the Switch. It's for, uh, I believe it's on Steam as well. It is, I'm a big D&D guy for those who don't know. And this, there's a game that's very d and very much a dungeon scroller. It's called For the Kings. Uh, and you can choose to be different characters. You can choose to be a sorcerer. You can choose to be a fighter. And it's a really fun game. Uh, I've never beaten it, and the story is so hard at certain points. Like I got really close to beating the whole thing, and then once if you die, you have to start from the beginning. But it's 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 not it's it's more like a board game than an actual like narrative game, if that makes sense. Uh, but a lot of fun. I'd say check it out if you like that kind of stuff. If you like kind of like the role playing, fighting monsters kind of thing, it's it's a really fun game. All right, we we doubled down on video games this week. So uh, yeah, if you uh, if you're into gaming, uh, that that's the way to go. So uh, I, now we'll hop into some news stories. I, I'm we have we don't we don't talk we don't prep each other on this stuff before. I think there was one big news story that might have interest both of us this week, and I'm not sure if you're going to take it, but I, I'm going to take it here. Before um, you get into it, though, I do want to cover some old news business. Okay, go for it. Something I forgot to mention already. Uh, On our Twitter, if you don't follow us, we have a Twitter. We have an Instagram, uh, Stark Wars. And I posted some polls this week. And the first poll, I've kept it easy at first. You know, the first one was about our orange juice comment, right? 
Uh, are fans fans the Stark Warriors? Not fans of orange juice. They'd rather just not have orange juice altogether. We had some some people that were like, no pulp. Not a ton of pulp people. Not a ton of pulp listeners. I'm losing trust in our audience. If you don't like orange juice, uh, slide in my DMs. I'd like to have a word with you. <laughs> uh, and then we did another poll. And this had to do with our bet, uh, which we might both lose this bet. What happens if we both <laughs> lose? Do we owe someone else a cameo? Um, the audience wins. <laughs> yeah. But maybe we send you a Stark Warriors uh, cameo. We get someone and they they give it to the, the listeners. But uh, it seems that the fans, the, the Warriors, are Team Tommy, the cool twin. Look, uh, I'm still on my. I, I think I'm still on my side here a little bit. I, I think at this point, if I had to put all my eggs in one basket, it's Doctor Strange. Yeah, I, I think we got a lot. We didn't dive into it too much, but there is a lot of stuff in this episode that kind of points to Doctor Strange. One of which was when uh, Agatha stole a, a piece of Wanda's hair. Uh, that is very similar to a scene with uh, Doctor Strange and Thor. Thor stole a strand of his hair, so I, I think that I, I'm still betting on I'm betting on Doctor Strange here. I, I, I feel good about it. I feel good about it. I feel good about that one too. Um, I would love Nick Fury. Like I said, I think it would really bring us back. The first movie, the first you know, we forget about Agents of Shield and all those other TV shows. The new, the new start of the TV shows. I think it would be fun to bring Nick Fury back. But I agree with you. If we're going to see anything, I I think it's got to be Doctor Strange, especially since this is going to lead right into the movie. Um, But at least I know that our listeners, our team, Tommy. Yeah, if you're the favorite right now, for now, you're the favorite. <laughs> I'm the fun parent. You're the one that's like strict and it's like, go to your room, do your homework. And I'm the one that's like giving them orange juice and uh, and uh, letting them have the dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm the one that kills the dog, right? I'm <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'll let you get to your news story. Steal my news story. Oh, no. It might not be the same. Are we talking Spider-Man here? No. Oh, okay, okay. All right, well, I'm gonna because we it, it's a it's a minor one, really. It's a three word news story. We got our Spider-Man title. We've heard so much news about Spider-Man three coming up, um, so much casting information, so much stuff that I couldn't unpack right now because it would make my head explode. Um, a lot of rumors going around, but one thing that was up in the air was the name, and we finally got the name. It's Spider-Man No Way Home, which I, I'm I, I like it. You know, it keeps. We're keeping with the home tradition here with homecoming far from home and now no way home. Um, but what I'll say, I'll, I'll, I'll tack on a little bit more of the story here. Cause this was really interesting and in how this information was uh, given to us. So Tom Holland originally announced that the movie was called phone home on his Instagram. And then uh, Zandaya posted that the, the title was home slice. And then, the third gentleman, I forget his name, but the guy in the chair from Spider-Man, uh, he posted that it was Home Wrecker. So there was a lot of information floating around one night, uh, and a lot of people were confused about what the, the movie actually was. Um, but I want to ask you here, between No Way Home, Home Wrecker, Home Slice, and Phone Home, what, what do you like the best? Um, I like Home Slice. 
Home slice is good. Yep. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> what about just uh, Spider-Man? Homies. Oh, that would have been good. That would have yeah. been good. <laughs> Especially with some of like the rumors that are going around and who his homies could be. Um, yeah, that would be cool. So that's my new story. We get Spider-Man 3, No Way Home. What do you got, Tommy? I Mine's more, you know, I like to spread out my news, not always talk about just comic books. Uh, you know, comic book adjacent, but it's more on Paramount Plus dropped all their shows everything they were just they did it right you wait until you're like really ready and and they did like paramount plus came out of nowhere and then they're like cool here's all the shows we're announcing you got uh the halo shows was going to be on showtime it's now going to be on uh paramount plus and and really the big one that i want to focus on there's tons of others you can look it up there's a weird rugrats cgi i don't know how i feel about it but the big one that has i'm calling it comic book adjacent because there are comic books about it is avatar studio we are getting uh a it's already known that next year they're gonna work on it now uh avatar movie i don't know if this is i'm assuming not in conjunction with netflix there's been you know obviously we've known for a little bit netflix was making a live action tv show then the creators took left it because they weren't loving where the direction was going well they're back they are part of the team at avatar studios and I'm super excited for this. I loved Avatar growing up. I'm excited to see more Avatar. I wasn't a big core fan. And I would love to see... It sounds like they're not just going to do modern. They're not just going to do times with Aang. It sounds like they may do some prequels, which I think would be so cool. I'm so ecstatic for this news. All right. And I know I'm going to get... I'm going to get a word from my wife as well on this one because I have not watched the Avatar series all the way through. I watched it when I was a kid, but the way it was released sometimes was very weird. The way they had kind of reruns and then they didn't even play them in order sometimes. So I've seen some episodes here and there. I've just never seen the full thing. Eventually I will. Like it's just a matter of time, uh, but I'm not quite there yet. Uh, but it is interesting that you picked the Paramount Plus. I want to stop down on one more thing because that, that, that was a big news story this week. It was my second choice, but I was going to talk about a different thing on Paramount Plus, which is Army of the Dead. Are you aware of this? I saw this. Remind me about this. Okay, so this is this is Zack Snyder. He's he's the director of a lot of these new DC movies. And look, I'm not a big fan of the DC movies. Come at me if you want to, but I'm not. Okay, and I don't like a lot of the direction that he took with it. I'm not too psyched about the Snyder cut. But with that being said, a lot of his movies before, including Watchmen, 300, Dawn of the Dead, these are some of my favorite movies ever. So Zack Snyder is still one of my favorite directors. And this is like his first movie stepping away from the DCEU. And he's going back to the zombie genre here. He's making a movie called Army of the Dead. The trailer dropped. It's super cool. It looks absolutely crazy. Um, so, yeah, I'm so excited for Army of the Dead on Paramount Plus as well. Watch it all. Paramount Plus. I, I'm excited. They need to do this. I mean, to get into like CBS All Access, not it. They didn't give enough. They didn't give enough access. But now we're getting it with uh, Paramount Plus. So I'm excited. You know, tons of news that came out this week in different realms of the world. And uh, hey, we're just here. Yep. Yep. So uh, I guess that rounds up the episode here. I want to give a couple thank yous before we log out. I've got to thank Nathan Burnett, who helps us on the back end with some technical stuff. 
we get Aaron Robertson, who composed our music that starts us off here each episode, and then Ethan Kellum, who made our cool little Iron Man slash Mandalorian logo. So um, I'll have all of their social media handles in the show notes if you want to check them out. I also like to remind you guys at the end of the episode to the best way to support us. You know, this is a free podcast. We're not charging you. Um, but there, if you do want to give back a little bit, a good way to do that is to rate and review us and subscribe on iTunes and particularly five-star reviews, because if we get a hundred five-star reviews, we're going to do a bonus podcast, but it's also been really hard to get to five, a hundred. Like, uh, I think we're at 50 right now and we're only done one season. So look, maybe we'll change that up. We'll see. Well, I was going to pitch on the fly. Right. We're, at, we're at 42. If, if you, Stark Warriors out there, get your friends, get your family. I am pushing you. If you can get us 50, uh, 50 reviews by next episode, by the time we record next episode, we will do a bonus podcast. I don't know what it will be. Maybe we'll put a poll to see what you want, but – but I will. It's like a little sneak shortcut. It, it, let's. We aim big with a hundred, and we're still going to try to get to hundred. But if you can get it in a week's time, if you can get eight more people to review, it's just eight people. Yeah. Yep. And it, you can do that, right? I mean, come on, yeah. help us out. <laughs> uh, another way I like to say this because look, I got a cool, I got a cool story that from uh, my buddy Santi. He sent me a message this week saying he loved the podcast. And he converted his brother, who I don't know his brother at all. Um, but he said that he told him about the podcast. Now his brother's listening. So another great way to support the podcast is just tell somebody you know, somebody that's watching WandaVision, somebody that's interested in the Bad Batch or Falcon and the Winter Soldier or Marvel or Star Wars or anything. Just let them know we exist and see if they check it out. So. Tell your mail, tell your mailman, tell your grocery store clerk. Uh, yeah, because it is. I think there are some people that listen that we don't know. I don't, I, I think I've seen some of the reviews where people are like, I just stumbled upon this and like, that's cool. I am glad we can keep pique your interest. And, and uh, it's a little bit of a confidence booster to us, but uh, yeah, tell some people, see what happens. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that that brings us to the end here. So uh, Tommy, thank you so much for doing this with me each week. Uh, I have a lot of fun and uh, that's it. So we're going to sign off now. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, and have a good one. Bye.